Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss down the blind Andrew John inside for Elvis Elvis will score Elvis will score Newcastle and one G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. There has been a lot of transfers, a lot of signings, and a lot of rumours getting around over the last five or six days. We've been pretty busy recently, so we actually haven't had a chance to talk about a lot of these. So I thought I would just chuck a lot of these into one podcast and talk about my thoughts on each of them. So we've got the Finu brothers to touch on. Uh, we've got Harm Sele, rumours there. Bradman Best, rumours there. Josh Hodgson, uh, it looks like he will probably retire, so we'll touch on that. Raymond Fitala Mariner, rumours around him as well. Well, very interesting. Mozambai has departed the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Blake Taff, rumours that he could leave South Sydney. And Liam Knight has already left South Sydney to join the Canterbury Bulldogs. So plenty to get stuck into. We'll go through each of those and give my live reaction to each of them. We'll kick off with the Finu brothers. Now, you've obviously got Samuela and Latu, uh, who will join the West Tigers uh, from 2024 onwards, which is a very, very interesting move. Now, um, I have obviously been very vocal about Latu, that I think uh, he is the sort of guy that you can build a franchise around eventually. I have always said, though, that you do just need to keep Latu on the straight and narrow, and it does it does interest me a lot that Samuel and Latu were both uh, allowed to leave the Manly Seagulls. I, I do question why that would be. I think both are supremely talented, uh, especially with Latu. I think that with him coming to the back end of his career, uh, sorry, with DCE coming to the back end of his career, I, I do just, I, I question, you know, why they wouldn't keep him around, which makes me wonder if there is more to this, if I'm being completely honest with you guys, but I don't have anything concrete about that whatsoever. What I do know is that I believe Latu can be a proper talent in the NRL. Now, he played in the under-19s the other night, did really well. I think he set up the first two tries, had really good touches. After that, we probably didn't see anywhere near the best of him, which, you know, when you do get to those those stages and those games, you want to see those sort of guys really stand up and just snap the game in half. But I did just think that guys like Ethan Sanders and other guys in the Blues team just had absolute blinders, and there was times where Latu didn't need to be the guy. Uh, we also didn't get to see his running game, which is incredibly dangerous. I think we got to see it on one run towards the back end of the game, but we didn't really get to see enough of it. So I do still believe that Latu is going to be a tremendous player. 
Um, if I'm being completely honest, though, do I think the West Tigers are the best landing spot for him? No, I don't. I, I really question why they chose the West Tigers. I know that there is already some finals there and whatnot, and I get that. Uh, but I'm just not sure if for a young ball player, it's the best place to be. Uh, and I... I really do question if the West Tigers have got the structure there to be able to get the very best out of him. Um, There's obviously constant dramas at the club. There is constant issues going on. um, And, you know, everything gets into the media as well. So there's just a lot of attention. And I feel like that if Latu was to get it wrong or something was to go wrong because of obviously his family situation and whatnot, I just think the media would absolutely feast on him and the West Tigers. So that is something that worries me if I'm being completely honest. Uh, and I, I just question if it is the best place for him to be. And I question if the West Tigers are the best club to get the absolute best out of him. Now that's probably glass half full. Yeah. And I am sorry, glass half empty. And I'm willing to wear that. Uh, there is the glass half full side where Latu is, is able to turn this club around and he is able to overcome the dysfunction. And we know uh, that nothing overcomes dysfunction quicker than success, realistically. And he is the sort of guy that can bring success to this club. If I'm being glass half full, I'm looking at the West Tigers going, okay, they've got a future star hooker in Talon De Silva, but they've already got Appy for the next few years, who's a tremendous footballer. It doesn't get much better than Appy. Uh, but they have also got Talon, a young guy who can come in and do a really good job in the future. They've got the fullback, Buller, who's... You know, he's competing and doing things right now in game 10 or whatever it is uh, than most fullbacks in this league that are at game 100. It's incredible what he's doing. So they've got a nine, they've got a one. Now they've signed themselves a ball player in Latu, who I think, as I've said a few times, I think he could turn out to be a tremendous talent. I think he could absolutely blow the NRL away if he gets it all right. He's got the ability to be able to do that. He has been a star coming through the juniors. But as we've learned time and time again, that transition to a full-time first grader, it is brutal, it is tough, and uh, not all of these absolute superstars coming out of grade get it right. And sometimes you find that they don't get it right in the first few years, they move to a different club, they have a fresh start, uh, and then they kick on. And if I'm Probably being honest, that's how I see it for Latu. Mitch Moses was actually exactly the same. He came through the Balmain system and whatnot, killed it, was a prodigy, got to the West Tigers. Was good. You know, you could see the talent, but he had to leave the West Tigers to become the player that he did. And I, I do fear that Latu could be the same. Uh, and I, But, you know, I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. I would love to see Benji Marshall take over the West Tigers and get it all right and put everything in the right places and whatnot to get the best out of these guys. But... I mean, from what we've seen over the last 10, 20 years, I really do question if the Tigers is the right place for these guys. Happy to be proven wrong, and I really hope I'm wrong because I want to see Lato achieve everything he possibly can. And if, he, if they do get the best out of him, him, um, you've got Buller, you've got De Silva, you've got this group of young guys that I absolutely love and think are so talented. So we'll see how it plays out. But I definitely, when the rumours were around that they could have landed at the Dolphins, that was 100% where I wanted to see these boys land. I would have loved to have seen him land under Wayne Bennett, see what Wayne's capable of doing with him. I think that Wayne also, you know, he's had guys throughout his career that are that are capable of getting in trouble, that guys that the media wants to come after. And Wayne, he manages them better than most. I just question if the West Tigers are equipped to be able to do that. And I just think Isaiah Katoa and Latu together Fuck, like you could have really built a franchise out of those two kids there. So interesting times. We'll see how they go at the West Tigers, but I would be lying 
if I said I wasn't nervous, and I'd also be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit disappointed with how this has played out, because I do question if they're going to get the best out of Latu there. Uh, okay, let's move on to Harm Sele. Uh, now, the South Sydney Rabbitohs front row forward, I think he's one of the most underrated players in this competition. I think that he is just too injury-prone at the moment. He plays, and he has been a little bit better this year. That's my vibe anyway. I don't have numbers in front of me. But I felt like for the last two or three years, Harm Sele, he'll come on, he'll play four games, and you'll sit there and go, holy fuck, this guy's really important to South Sydney. He's a top-shelf front rower. Then there'll be a hamstring. Then there'll be a quad. Then there will be something. There is just always something stopping Harm Sele from turning five good games into 20 good games. It just consistently happens to him. But I think it is very evident when he is playing for South Sydney just how important he is. And I think he's one of those guys that you can really you can really notice a difference in the South Sydney forward pack when Harm Sele isn't there. I think that's when I start to appreciate him the most. Now, the rumors are, and I believe Harm Sele did originally come from the St. George of the Warrior Dragons, Shane Flanagan has reportedly met with Harm Sele and the Dragons are set to offer him a deal from 2024 onwards. I think this would be a tremendous signing. I think Harm Sele is probably a year or two away, but I think he's almost ready to really lead a forward pack. I love everything about him. I think he will be very similar to Totola. We all liked him. We all appreciated him. And just slowly, day by day, he just improved every single day. And now you sort of go, okay, he's one of the spearheads of a big forward pack there that when you take Totola out like he did the other night, it was really noticeable. So I think this would be a great signing by the St. George Illawarra Dragons. I'm a huge Harm Sele fan, but he just needs to stay fit. And if I'm the Dragons, I'm going through his training schedule, his load with a fine-tooth comb. Because if you can get the best out of Harm Sele, you could potentially have one of the best front row forwards in rugby league. And people will say that's hyperbolic and that's over the top. But I genuinely believe it. I think he is such a good player. And I think South Sydney will really miss him. And I think it'll be a great signing for the Dragons. I have heard from a few places that that is looking likely. Um, so we will see how it plays out. Nothing official at the moment. Uh, but I really do hope that Shane Flanagan lands his man there. Uh, Bradman Best, obviously coming off his origin debut the other night where he absolutely brained it. Bradman Best is reportedly set to test his value on the open market this year before deciding if he will commit to an extension with the Knights. Personally, I think this is a bit of manager talk. I think they are just looking to get the best deal for Bradman they possibly can in Newcastle, which I fully back them doing. Uh, probably not ideal timing for Newcastle for him to be coming off contract to go and play Origin and absolutely kill it and then come back to Clubland and just absolutely tear it up. Uh, that Origin game will add a lot of value to his contracts and will have a lot more other clubs more interested in Bradman best as well. So not ideal timing for Newcastle, but I personally think if I am the Newcastle Knights, I have spent so much time and money on Bradman Best to get him to this point. I really do think it would be a big, big mistake for the Newcastle Knights after all the time and money they've spent to get Bradman here to then let him go. So I personally think that the Newcastle Knights, they are stacked on that left edge at the moment between KP, Bradman Best, and Greg Marshew. If they can line those guys up and keep that edge together for the next couple of years, I think they're really starting to get something special down there that is becoming near impossible to defend. They went up against the Melbourne Storm on the weekend and absolutely carve them to bits. I'm not sure who the, who the left edge back row will be next year. I think Lachlan Fitzgibbon is departing the club. Might be like a Matty Croker or someone. They've got plenty of options that they could choose from. Or 
they could also go into the market and get themselves one hell of a back rower simply by saying, hey, you get to play outside KP on the left edge with Bradman Best outside you um, and Greg Marsy there as well. So it's pretty good pedigree there. The Newcastle Knights, they're on the verge of a top eight berth. If they do manage to get there, I think they'll be able to lock themselves up a pretty good edge back rower uh, from somewhere in the NRL. So they look like they're in a good spot, Newcastle. I'm really excited to watch them over the next few weeks and I'm very keen to watch Bradman Best, a guy that I'm seriously considering in my Supercoach Classic side as a bit of a pod. Uh, I just love everything about Bradman Best. He stayed injury-free at the moment. He looks confident. He's being utilised properly, not only by KP, but by Jackson Hastings as well, which has been the storyline the entire year. So I don't think Bradman Best will leave. I think this is his management trying to rise, uh, get, get, get his price rising up, and I think it will work, to be honest with you. I think you'll get a pretty good deal up there at Newcastle. Uh, a bit of a sad one here, Josh Hodgson. Josh Hodgson has reportedly informed the Eels and his teammates he is set to retire due to his neck injury. Uh, now, I, I'm not sure if this one has been 100% confirmed, uh, but I have once again heard from a few places and it does sort of, the shoe sort of fits in this situation, unfortunately. So, Joshy Hodgson, he has had a fantastic career. Obviously, the vast majority of his career played at the Canberra as He came over from England before that. Uh, and at his absolute peak, you got to remember Josh Hodgson, when Cameron Smith was killing it, there was only really one hooker. Well, there there's been a couple of hookers over the years that in small windows have competed with Cameron Smith or got on to his level for a season or two. I remember Chico had a season where he was unbelievable and he sort of pushed it. Uh, the other one is probably Josh Hodgson. Uh, that season where the Raiders went all the way to the grand final and the year before that, he, he was just tremendous. And I do believe that for a very short period of time, uh, he was playing at the level of Cam Smith, which is more so probably a credit to Cam Smith that a player like Josh Hodgson, who was so talented, only managed to do that for a small period of time. Uh, but he was one of the best hookers in rugby league. Uh, and it obviously hasn't played out overly well at Parramatta, which we had our fears about in the preseason, about the injuries and the age and everything, and that has sort of turned out to be true, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I think he would have added a lot, a lot to Brendan Hands and some of the guys at Parramatta. I think he would have brought a lot of experience. They did lose a lot coming out of that grand final and whatnot. But I think through Josh Hodgson, they, they, they would have gained quite a bit. Potentially not on-field, but I think off-field and, and just with handling pressure and moments and whatnot. So congratulations to Joshy Hodgson. A fantastic career, uh, a long career as well. He's always played the game tough. He's always played skillful, and he's, all, he's always wanted the ball in his hands uh, when the game is on the line, which is what I love about certain players, and Josh Hodgson is one of them. So if this is true, an unfortunate one, but congratulations on a fantastic career, Josh Hodgson. I still remember when he first signed with the Canberra Raiders. I'm not sure if you guys remember, but like the, the first thing that ever happened with Josh Hodgson was he was at a party and he ran through a door, and there was a video of it of him running straight through a closed door, and I remember thinking, oh, God. What have the Raiders done here? And I thought, this guy's going to be a party animal, going to be a loose unit. He's going to always be in trouble. And I honestly, since that date, I don't recall Josh Hodgson getting in trouble at any point. He has been a fantastic representative of the NRL and of English imports coming over to the NRL. He has well and truly handed himself and been a leader in our game for quite some time. So congratulations to Joshy Hodgson. Now, this one, this one bowled me over. Raymond Fitala Mariner, who you will remember at the start of the year, the Canterbury Bulldogs made him the club captain. So not the on-field captain, but the club captain, which I actually really like the move. It used to be something that clubs would do in the early 2000s. I remember Stuart Kelly was the Brisbane Broncos captain, despite 
Darren Lockyer being the on-field captain. Uh, so it was a move that I really liked, to be honest with you. But the news report here from Clarkie's Rugby League column, Raymond Five Tower Mariner has reportedly... Uh, was reportedly offered to the Dragons. However, at this stage, they are not interested in his services. Uh, so the reports are on top of that, that Raymond Fatal Mariner has been told uh, that he can look elsewhere. He can move on from the Canterbury Bulldogs, which I'm sure would have been a bit of a shock to him. Uh, he's obviously had a lot of injuries throughout his career, which which is what makes it hard. You've got guys like RFM who are incredibly talented that are very good people, guys you want around your club. But when they are constantly injured, it does make it it, it makes it tough, you know, and sometimes you have got to make hard decisions. I'm not sure if Canterbury have made the right one here, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm sort of sit, sitting on the fence still, but I can understand why they've made this call, and it will be interesting to see, you know, if the Bulldogs aren't willing to re-sign their club captain, there must be something wrong there. There must be something wrong with his body or injuries that they are seriously, seriously worried about. So it will be interesting to see which clubs snap him up. I really do hope he doesn't leave the NRL. I think it would be very disappointing if he ended up over in the Super League or somewhere else. Uh, but it will be interesting to see which clubs go after RFM because if you can get him right, if you can rehab him properly and, and, and get his injuries on the mark, you've got a tremendous, tremendous player there. So an interesting one to watch. Speaking of the Dragons, Moses Mbai. The Dragons have officially released Moses Mbai, he ha- who has taken up a deal with St. Helens in the Super League. Um, look, I spoke a lot about Moses Mbai during the preseason. That I think Moses Mbai is a very, very good player, but I just don't think he's got a spot at the Dragons right now, and I don't think that they need him realistically. They've already got too many ball players, too many hookers, too many fullbacks. Uh, Cody Ramsey going down probably helped the Moses Mbai case, to be fair, and we do wish Cody Ramsey all the very best, but with Bud Sullivan, Jacob Little, you know, Ben Hunt at the moment, Taltal Moan, I just, I just don't, I've never understood why Moses Mbai keeps on getting picked every single week, and I think he takes the position of a younger guy in that team who needs to get reps and needs to get experience. I think Mbai is a very good player, very talented player, there's no doubt in that. He was an absolute whiz kid coming through the juniors, spent time at Canterbury, the West Tigers, the Dragons, played some fantastic footy, has probably spent the vast majority of his career being played out of position, also played for the Queensland Maroons. I do I do feel sorry when I look back at the career of Mozambique that um he was never really given an opportunity to lock down a position. He played a lot of fullback, he played a lot of halfback, a lot of five eight Played a lot of center, played rep, um, played set of origin in the centers, I believe. Spent a lot of time as a 14. He's now played a lot of nine as well. Played a bit of 13 over the last two or three years as well. So I do feel sorry for Moses Mbai, but a tremendous career nonetheless. I would guess that Moses Mbai probably got close to 200 games. Uh, I'm just going to type that up now to check it. But yeah, a tremendous career. He's been around for a very long time, Moses Mbai. Uh, heading over there to England, I think he'll do very, very well over there. He played 194 games games in the NRL. Uh, so a, a tremendous effort from Mozambique and probably a guy that's not overly popular with people anymore, uh, but a guy that has had a fantastic career and there is no doubting that whatsoever. So congratulations to Mozambique and we wish him all the very best heading over there to England. And it does excite me to now see, you know, a Jacob Little play big minutes there or a young hooker at the Dragons get an opportunity. I think they need to start looking towards the future. So I agree with this call. Uh, our last two stories are two South Sydney Rabbit 
photos. One has definitely gone to the Bulldogs, and that is Liam Knight. The Bulldogs have announced the signing of Liam Knight on an immediate deal until the end of 2024. So an interesting signing there. Uh, Liam Martin, I'll tell you what, when he was a junior coming through, he looked like he was going to be one of the best forwards we've seen. He absolutely killed it in the juniors. Looks tremendous. It hasn't quite translated to first grade. I think that um, I think that he's had injuries and whatnot throughout his career, which have really hurt him. But I, I just think at the moment, Liam Knight's got a lot of um, a lot of errors in his game that he needs to sort out, which I think he can. Uh, but he has got a lot of errors in his game. I, I look at Liam Knight and think I'm, you're just not the most reliable footballer in the world at the moment. But there's no doubt whatsoever that he has got huge ability. We've seen him play on the edge in the last few weeks for South Sydney. He can play as a middle or an edge. I do think that right now he is being hindered very heavily by his injuries. But I think that in order to have you know a long-lasting career in the NRL, I think Liam Knight just needs to find consistency. Uh, his job isn't overly difficult in the NRL, uh, and he just needs to get consistent at that. And then he can be a very good footballer, and he could be a good signing uh, for the Canterbury Bulldogs as well. I think the beauty of Liam Knight is that he is just such a good character and that's where I think if he can just find a bit of consistency and he doesn't have to be a superstar footballer he just needs to you know play a role in a team I think he can build a career outside of the NRL through media and whatnot. He's doing a podcast at the moment uh, with Toby Rudolph, which I listened to the other day. Very funny. Two very odd characters, but they are very, very entertaining and very engaging. So Liam Knight, I do wish him all the very best moving to the Canterbury Bulldogs. I think that you will see a lot of change at the doggies um, over the next year or two as far as forwards go. Obviously, RFM, he's been told that he can look elsewhere. I think Ryan Sutton's been told the same. I j- I'm not sure if I can see Tavita Pango Jr. working out there long term. I think they'll make a move on him soon. you got Luke Thompson. I'm not quite sure what's going on with his career and whatnot. So there could be a lot of opportunity there for Liam Knight over the next few years. The other one, which is probably a slightly more interesting, is Blake Taff. Um, now, the rumours are that he could head to the Canterbury Bulldogs. I haven't heard too much about this. I've just seen this report. The Bulldogs are reportedly close to signing. Blake Taft from 2024 onwards. Uh, Blake Taft's an interesting one. He obviously came in in the 2021 season, played fullback when Latrell Mitchell was suspended, uh, took him all the way to the grand final, and he was fantastic that year, Blake Taft. Since then, I probably haven't seen him develop as much as I would have thought. He's had little games here and there, or he's had games here and there where he's exploded and he's shown us out his talent. Uh, I watched him win a Jersey Flag, I think it was, playing halfback. And I think Lockie Elias was actually the 5'8 that day. And I thought Blake Taff as a halfback looked really good. But I just, I haven't so far seen those skills sort of translate in first grade as a halfback. And as a fullback, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I probably haven't seen him play as good a footy as what he did in 2021 since then. He had a game the other day against the Bulldogs where he really lit them up that was very impressive. Uh, but I do question... What's his best position moving forward? And where does he sort of fit into the Canterbury Bulldog system? I guess they are letting Jake Avarillo go, so he could be that perfect guy to cover X amount of spots. Very similar to Jake Avarillo in that he can play fullback, he can play in the halves. Avarillo probably more suited to playing the outside backs than Blake Taff, but I think he would be able to handle himself out there. Defense, probably a big question mark over that. Uh, but yeah, an interesting signing if he does go there. I, I just don't, I, I think Blake Taff, he's shown in 2021 that he can play first grade and he can handle himself in big games. And I think that experience will probably allow him to get a pretty good deal somewhere else. Going all the way to an NRL grand final is a pretty fucking good knock. So it would be interesting to see Canterbury get him. And I think that they would probably find a spot for him in their 17. He could be a fantastic 14, Blake Taff. If you had Reed Marnie as your nine, 
Blake Tuff as your 14 and just able to, you know, chuck him on the field, whether it's it's hooker if he needs to, or just play him as a bit like, like a roaming sort of th- 13, or if you had injuries anywhere, he can cover that. So I think he will be a good signing if they do get him Blake Tuff. And if I was Blake Tuff, I know he loves the South Sydney Rabbitohs, but I just don't think the opportunity is going to be there moving forward. You're essentially relying on Latrell Mitchell being injured or suspended or whatever it is to get a look in at first grade, whereas I think... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Going to the Canterbury Bulldogs, he can at least have a real crack at being a 14 or potentially jumping into the halves as well. They've got Toby Sexton there now, who, who I think is the guy moving forward, but maybe Taft could compete with him. They've got Stephen Crichton arriving at the club, who will be the fullback to start, uh, but there is still a lot of question marks over how that will go long term. So maybe having a guy like Blake Taft to put pressure on those two could be the option. Um, yeah, he's in, in a very interesting spot, Blake Taft, and I don't want his versatility to cost him. I think he has got the potential to potentially end up like a bit of a Mozambique, play a number of positions and sort of never lock down one. So Hopefully, he's able to find it. And hopefully, if it's at the Canterbury Bulldogs, he can do his very best work there. All right, guys, that is our updates of all the transfers uh, that we've come across over the last few days. We've got beers and break-evens coming tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. Myself and Timmy Williams getting stuck in there. Uh, And then we'll also have Team List Tuesday, our live reaction to those team lists that dropped this afternoon. So plenty more content coming your way on the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.